from the Pod Connect Studios high in the Rockies at the beautiful Beaver Creek Resort. This is a special cannabis crowdfunding episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Cannabis Crowdfunding, where each week we look at a different cannabis crowdfunding campaign. And this week we are reviewing Green Labs campaign hosted on WeFunder. And joining us to talk about the campaign are the Chief Executive Officer and Chief Innovation Officer, Eric Jenning and Steve Hacker. Guys, welcome to the show. Thanks for having Thank us, Thank Well, I'm excited that you're joining us for a couple of reasons. One, we love to have good cannabis crowdfunding campaigns, and there aren't a lot of them. So we love to have a good one. And yours actually has the, the possibility of even transcending the cannabis industry. So that's really exciting. But I want to get ahead of myself here. So Green Labs has created the technology and you have a, a sensor, if I get this right, that can break down what type of cannabis you're vaping. And explain why this is important. Yeah, it's a combination of sensors. It's it's not just the cannabis, right? So Steve and I got into the cannabis space a couple of years ago and just started looking around and evaluating the technology. And our background is consumer electronics. It's not cannabis. So we came at it from a different angle and we're like, wow, like we can apply what we've used in the past in different industries and really come up with a, an honest and clever way of giving someone an accurate dose. We measure all the inputs, which is critical. So it's time and temperature and it's pressure. It's the airflow as you're inhaling because everybody's different. But then also it's measuring the vapor that's coming out. And I think that's the key thing that you were getting to there. Yeah. So we, we measure all of these details about the vapor, how much vapor, the density of the vapor, and then kind of be, being the nerds that we are, then we have a, an algorithm that I'll let Steve talk about in a second that compares that to the actual contents of that vapor. So it, it's, it's real. So we can give you a milligram of a particular THC, if that's what you're looking for, or a CBD or a terpene, since we know the, uh, the actual contents of that vapor coming out of the mass spectrometry data. Yeah, but it, it's not just cannabis. Like I said, transcending. So this also works for nicotine, which is also exciting. I would say it's delivering and maybe maximizing on the cannabis side, but on the tobacco side, it's also limiting. So we can limit the amount of nicotine that you're having on an e-cigarette or a heat not burn. So multiple industries, alcohol, tobacco, cannabis, sleep aids. So all of these things that anything that creates a vapor, we can apply the technology to. Some of our early research with groups of users, new users and expert users who had used either cannabis in the past or were currently entering the marketplace had found this as being one of the fundamental issues, which is they don't really know how much to do. They don't want to overdo it. They don't want to underdo it. There's a lot of different reasons for needing to moderate your intake and whether it be vapor itself or flour. People really were kind of not going into it fully because they were worried about either getting too high or something going wrong and, and not modulating it well enough. And so then we really realized we were onto something. And most people have had a bad experience, whether it was like early on or later in life, like you just straight up overdid it. And that's where like doing a combustion, whether it's a joint or a bong, and oral receptors and nasal receptors, it's the quickest way to get that stuff to your bloodstream. 
And that's how we can do like very accurate microdosing. And you do it real time too. So it's like, Correct. I'm seeing it while I'm doing it. Correct. Yeah. Cause we're measuring the, the inputs in real time. So we know how much heat is on the, the flour or the oil. And we know in real time how much vapor is being produced. And, and we can then compute that on the device in real time and give you a, an accurate amount. Wow, that is so cool. That is so cool. Let's talk a little bit about the WeFunder campaign. You're in a phase that's called the test the waters phase. And you're the first company that we've ever had that's been on that phase. And I think it's something unique to WeFunder. Can you kind of explain what that means? I mean, I, I wish I could explain it more than, than I probably can, but it's like we want to do it and we're allowed to market it a little okay. bit more. So it's prior to, I'd say, like the lockdown marketing and getting into some more of the SEC regulation side of it. It's like the pre-pre-launch. Sure, sure. That makes sense. And, and, and it kind of gauges interest. I Correct. think that's the whole point. Yeah, it lets you test your valuation and your offering, what kind of terms you're, you're going to give to investors. And it lets you change these things prior to going live. Because once you go live, these things are fixed and you can't change them. And I think it's also an acknowledgement that any crowdfunding needs to be preceded in a way. You need to kind of garner up all that attention and awareness well before any campaign goes live. And the more successful ones have done that. And so I think it's a recognition just for everyone to be successful to say, hey, get everyone to look at this because why not? And then when we open it up to the population as a whole, it already has some traction. Yeah. And on your WeFunder page, your deck is there. All the information is there. It looks like a live campaign so people can really dig into it. The great thing about WeFunder is you can commit, which basically is a reservation. So you're not committing funds. And even if you did commit funds, like they're sitting with WeFunder until we, we close the round. So to my understanding, you know, little risk at this point, even though we are in the uh, testing the water phase. Okay. All right. So the, the target date sometime in the beginning of the year. Yeah. And so when this is finalized, how will you use the proceeds? Yeah, so we basically we're going to use it for more R&D. So we've done the first round of development on the cannabis side. We have working prototypes and we've integrated into some vaporizers and we know that it works. And we know that it works in a form factor that can be put into other people's devices, which is mm -hmm. what our ultimate goal is. We want to be an integrator or a technology solutions company, not build a vaporizer. We want to sell the technology to other vaporizer companies. So the, so the next round of investment is going to go to further that development and also do more development and integration on the tobacco side. So we've had okay. a lot of interest from tobacco companies. As I mentioned, the limiting of nicotine on e-cigarettes and heat not burn. So be integrating our technology into some of those devices and kind of create a show and tell scenario as we re-engage with these tobacco partners. Okay. You mentioned the limiting of nicotine. Was there like a governor feature on the device so that it could reduce? Steve, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, we can set limits. Either it could be external limits or your own predetermined limits. And we can say, okay, you've reached that limit. You don't want to do it anymore. And we can actually either lock out the device or make the consumer aware that they're exceeding a predetermined limit. So it's very useful from that perspective. And across the board, you look at cannabis and if someone is taking it from a medical perspective, you want to know when you've reached that prescribed amount per day or per hour per time. So yeah, we definitely can control it for them or have them a little bit more aware of what's happening. And then on the governance side, as you're, you mentioned, on the tobacco side, there's regulation and laws going into effect this year, limiting the amount of nicotine in, in actual cigarettes. So we feel that regulation will then bleed over pretty quickly into e-cigarettes and heat not burn. And that's where our technology is very much on the forefront and ready to be integrated into these devices. 
today because we can then govern it uh, say on that side of it. As Steve said, the cannabis side is the fun piece, either it's microdosing and bouncing along mm-hmm. or just straight education. Do you, do you have any patents or you have any proprietary IP that we can talk about? We have 10 utility patents filed to date, and these range from heating technologies to airflow and also on the vapor technology and how it works with our algorithm. And we have a handful more that are called provisional patents. So they're kind of like placeholder patents, and we'll be converting them after the first of the year, anywhere between four and six additional utility patents will get filed. So a very strong IP portfolio, which, which is our background. And as I mentioned, Steve and I are consumer electronics guys, and I worked in 3D printing and you know, home appliances, automotive industry, and Steve has had similar, and we have probably 50 patents between the two of us. We're nerdy guys. <laughs> we're, we're bringing that, that whole process of developing consumer products and consumer electronics and knowing from different startups and different larger companies what's valuable to the business as a whole. And we're taking those elements and applying it towards cannabis. And I think the system's going to yield some good results here. Oh, I, I think you're I think you're onto something. I really do. Let's take this positive energy and let's fast forward three, four, five years down the road. Talk to us about some opportunities for exit strategies for the investors. Like what does that look like? Yeah, I think the the realistic exit is is an acquisition, whether that be straight up for the technology or it's quasi aqua hire kind of a scenario, right? Whether it's a cannabis hardware company or or a grow or an MSO or even a tobacco company, like these are not technology companies, and this is what we are. So whether it's bringing us in house so they can develop their own hardware or it's licensing and, and acquiring our technology, that's the route we're going for, and we've had. You know, say initial discussions with those types of businesses already. And we feel that'll be the, the logical path to go. Yeah. And I think that'll happen faster than a lot of deals that we see because this technology is just so necessary. We have all the links to Green Lab's WeFunder campaign in our show notes. And as always, please read them completely and make sure you understand everything before you invest. But man, guys, I think you're onto something on this one. I'm glad you guys could join me today because this looks like a great opportunity. Yeah, I really appreciate it, Dan. If, if anybody has any questions, they can reach us through our Instagram account, through Twitter, through our WeFunder uh, account as well. You can send questions and we'll we'll answer them uh, as soon as we can. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. How do cannabis CEOs balance growth and optimization strategies? What is THCO, Delta 10, and CBNA, and why should you care about these minor cannabinoids? And why isn't the endocannabinoid system covered in medical school? Most people think they're up to date in trends in the cannabis industry, but they're about six weeks behind. Learn about what is truly next in the cannabis space by joining myself, Brian Fields, and Kellen Finney every week on the Dime Podcast and, of course, on PodConnects.